Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Uh, I want to talk tonight about uh, the fullness of the Spirit. And uh, there's some things that the Lord's really been talking to me about, and I want to uh, get them into your spirit. Uh, we, you remember we talked, uh, and, and we're going to continue ministering along those lines on let us draw near. We dealt with that in a couple Sundays, uh, Sunday mornings. Pastor Michelle ministered that as well. And uh, we won't take the time to go there, but Hebrews 10, of course, talks about let us draw near. And that's something that the Lord began to talk to me about the first part of this year. And we talked about how it was God's desire to have His people near to Him. Something that I've seen is this. Many people live a spiritually distant life. And the reason they're distant is not because the Father draws away from them. It's because they're not skilled in drawing near to Him. And uh, that's so important. In uh, the book of Psalms, chapter 100, Psalms, chapter 100, we're going to begin to see here, Psalm 100 and verse 4, it's a familiar passage of Scripture, but notice what it says, it says to the people of God, enter into His gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise, be thankful and bless his name. So notice, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, enter into his courts with praise. So we see here that gates are the entrance. That's the entry place. Enter into his gates and notice, with thanksgiving. So that tells us the first thing that we see is access is granted to the thankful. There are things that you have access to through thankfulness that you will not access any other way. And he says to enter into his gates, that's the entryway, that's the beginning, that's the first step. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Then he says, enter into his courts with praise. Courts represent the place of His presence. That's the next step. That's the next place. Praise is blessing His name, making Him great. Making Him great. Blessing Him. Extolling Him. Alright? So I enter into His gates with thanksgiving. Lord, I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful. And you can fill in the blank for what you're thankful for. I'm thankful you saved me, filled me with the Holy Ghost, delivered me, set me free. Thankful my family saved, whatever it may be. But here's the point that that we make. I'm not just thankful at certain times. I'm thankful consistently as a lifestyle. Because I want to be in His presence consistently. And then He said, I enter into His courts with praise. The more, the closer you get, the more thankful and praiseful you become. The closer you get to God, the more thankful you become. Amen. The more praiseful you become. In 1 Chronicles chapter 16, now we've got a few scriptures tonight, so... First Chronicles 16, verse <coughs> 8 and 9. Now, if you read verse 7, it says, Then on that day David delivered first this psalm for this reason, to thank the Lord into the hand of Asaph and his brethren. 
So we're about to see the directives that David gave the people when the ark was brought back to the people of God. Notice verse 8. Give thanks unto the Lord and call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the people. Sing unto Him. Sing psalms unto Him. Talk of all His wondrous works. So notice we again have a directive here. He says here's what you need to do. You need to sing to God sing psalms to him, and talk of his wondrous works. Make this known to the people. Hallelujah. Give thanks. Talk about what he's done. He specifically mentions two things here. Giving thanks and singing psalms. And notice what he says we're to talk about. His wondrous works. What God has done. Talk about him. Right? It's so important because you're, you're, you, there are things that you have to access out of your spirit and you won't access those things out of your spirit talking about other things. You access those things out of your spirit by talking about the wondrous things God has done. Hallelujah. So he specifically mentions two things here. Giving thanks and singing psalms. Now let's go to Ephesians 5. Oh, hallelujah. Ephesians 5, and let's start in verse 17. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Well, very often when people read that, they, 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 they think about the will of God for their specific life and their particular life. And I understand, that, and that's true, that's, that's applicable. But the overall will of God, the will of God for the believer. And he says, don't be unwise, but be understanding. Now, he's going to tell us how this begins to operate. Because we can take that scripture out of its setting, and it's applicable, but it goes with the others. Verse 18, and be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess. Or dissipation is the Greek word. Uh, the, the Spanish translation says dissolution. All right, so it means that it dissolves, it dissipates. I know nobody in here has ever been drunk with wine. But had you been, you would have known that it dissipates. Right? It dissipates. So he says, look, that, that, that may have an effect, but it's going to go away. He says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. This is a present progressive statement in the Greek language. It means that you are presently filled, but that you are to be consistently filled. It's, 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 there's a play on the Greek phrase that says, be being filled. Be being filled. All right? Now how? Speaking to yourselves. Now watch, in psalms and hymns, and here it is, spiritual songs. Not just songs, spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So notice that he ties being filled with the Spirit to speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Well, that can mean speaking to yourself individually or yourselves as in the church. Amen. And he ties that to our ability to stay filled. Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Well, let's define this. A psalm. A psalm is a spiritual psalm, a poem, or an ode, O-D-E, ode. It may or may not be sung. We, we, we may call it a poem or a recitation. But notice, he says that part of being filled is speaking to yourself in those psalms. Over and over again, I'm told in the Word of God that a psalm is part of my equipping. Hallelujah. A 
psalm, spiritual psalm, poem or an oath, a hymn. A hymn is a song of praise out of your spirit, not something necessarily out of a book. A hymn. You know, the most outstanding character, the most outstanding uh, indication that I should be singing hymns is that Jesus sang hymns. And if Jesus sang hymns, I should sing hymns. Amen. The Bible says that the night before he was betrayed, that they, they, they ate and then they sang a hymn. And then it says the day that they were on the Mount of Transfiguration, they were all together before Jesus was, was lit, uh, brought up to the Father, and they sang a hymn. So the ascension of Jesus was in, 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 in the atmosphere of singing a hymn. And while he was rising, he was blessing them in the atmosphere of singing a hymn. So a hymn is a spiritual song or a song of praise out of your spirit. Not something necessarily out of a book. Then he says spiritual songs. A song that's by the revelation of the spirit. This is important. A song that's by the revelation of the spirit. Now these songs, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs are, number one, a means of spiritual edification. They're a means of spiritual edification. Secondly, they're a means of keeping us separated from the world. They keep us separated from the world. And thirdly, they're a means of being conscious of His indwelling presence. Conscious of His indwelling presence. A means of keeping us spiritually edified. A means of keeping us separated from the world. And a means of being conscious of His indwelling presence. Hallelujah. Now anything that keeps me edified, keeps me separated from the world, and keeps me conscious of His indwelling presence, I want to be a part of that. Amen. These things will keep us out of carnality. Now this is important because they lead us into deeper revelation. They lead us into deeper revelation. What I don't want to remain is either an immature believer or a shallow believer. I, I want to get into the deeper things of God, the, the weightier things of the Spirit. Brother Hagin said this. He said, tongues get you part way in. Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs get you through the door. That's important. Because you should. You should pray in the Holy Ghost. You should pray in tongues regularly. But Jude says it charges your battery. Amen. But it gets you part way in. The, the life of the believer is a spiritual life. Every believer should be, according to Scripture, filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. There's an atmosphere and a level of power that you'll never tap into if you don't speak with other tongues. It's the gateway into these greater things. Hallelujah. And he said that psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs get you through the door. So we see a progression here. Tongues... Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Then, the spirit of seeing and knowing. And after that, the power gifts. The working of miracle, gifts of healing, gifts of faith. But it starts with that progression. Tongues. Now, I was raised Pentecostal. Amen. And, we, boy, we were tongue talkers. But there are some things we didn't see. Sometimes we didn't see the deeper things of the Spirit. Hallelujah. In order to go further, we have to go further in the Spirit. If I'm going to go further, I've got to go further in the Spirit. Where, where any believer is at in their life is indicative of where they're at in the Spirit. If I'm not advancing, I'm not advancing spiritually. 
Hallelujah. Do you see this? And the danger with distraction is it produces carnality. And if the church becomes carnal, these things will seem foreign. What we see a lot in a lot of churches today is things of the Spirit seem foreign, and it's because they're carnal. Spiritual things seem natural to spiritual people. Amen. When, when you're in a, in a body and, and, and you're functioning consistently with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, those things seem normal to you. Hallelujah. But when you're somewhere that has a set list, right, and it's more entertainment, that, that's why I was talking last night to uh, the, the Saturday night service. Praise and worship is not entertainment. It's not the warm-up. It's this, it's this atmosphere where we're opening our heart to God and we're ministering out of our spirit to Him. That's why a lot of what you see in the church world today is neither praise nor worship. It's entertainment. Any song that talks about what God can do or talks about how... Uh, 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 weak you feel or how far away you feel from God that's just entertainment that's top 40 stuff true praise and worship talks about the greatness of God and what God is able to do and what God is doing amen a spiritual song is not a song that goes draw me close to you never let me go why would you even think that he's going to let you go why would that? That's not praise and worship. You might as well be singing about your boyfriend or your girlfriend. Amen. Now, if you're married, you don't have boyfriend and girlfriend. You understand? But the. the <laughs> you better run them girlfriends through me, is what you better do. Amen. Hallelujah. But, 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 but the point is, is, is there, there's emotion, but here's the thing. Emotion is movable. Emotion is changeable. Amen. And when you got a bunch of emotional people getting emotional, you're going to have problems. you got to have spiritual people that are accessing things out of their spirit so that these things are not foreign. Amen. Now, like I say, I was raised Pentecostal, so, I, you know, a weird church to me was a church that didn't move in the Spirit. So, like, you'd take me to a Baptist church, and I'd be like a Baptist going to the Pentecostal church. I, it weirded me out. Not just that it was quiet, there was no moving. Now, I'm not running the Baptist down by any means. But I'm saying there was no moving of the Holy Spirit. There was no tongues and interpretation of tongues. No gifts of the Spirit in operation. That was foreign to me. But can anybody remember when you first came to a Spirit-filled church? Yeah. Amen. And the Holy Spirit began to move. And you heard things. And you heard people speaking in tongues. And maybe somebody shouted. And you thought, my God, how irreverent. You know, they're shouting in church. Well, it wasn't just because that's how I was raised. It was foreign to me because I wasn't spiritual. But then as you grew, those things of the Spirit just became commonplace. Right? Brother Hagin said you have to maintain this practice, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, as a way of life. Because why? God wants to bring us into a life in the Spirit. A life in the Spirit. We read Ephesians 5 verse 18, but he says, Don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled, be full, be being filled with the Spirit. When you're full of the Spirit, the details of life become clear to you. Because there's a clarity. That's flowing. There's a clarity right now. Say it out loud. There's a clarity, There's a clarity. in my spirit. In my spirit. See, so, so, so the, 
we, we, we talk about, well, people will quote this scripture that God is not a God of confusion. He's not. So why should there ever be reason for me to be confused? When I've not been given that spirit of confusion. Right? We, we quote that scripture. God is not the author of confusion. He's not. So think about this. So if I'm confused, where am I accessing my information? Not out of the Spirit. Right? When I, I, I'll share this with you. When uh, I, I, I first learned this, and I didn't even really know what I was doing, but, but I learned it when Pastor Michelle and I first got married, uh, uh, a few months after being married, she uh, was pregnant. And uh, long story short, we lost that child. And, uh, you know, I had people calling me. Uh, I had, you know, well-meaning people. Uh, the pastor of the church that we went to at the time, he called. And, and he, he stopped short of saying that God caused it. But, you know, his statement wasn't a well-meaning man. But, uh, uh, and I say that because it was my dad. <laughs> and so he, he was well-meaning. But, you know, the statement was, was, was this, you know, this statement. Uh, well, you know, we don't know why these things happen. We, basically, we don't know why God allows these things. And, and like I said, he meant well. I mean, his heart was for us. But I remember hanging up the phone and thinking, now, wait a minute. How, how do I reconcile this? Because I'm going to have a hard time, regardless what religion says. I, you know, I've heard people in religious churches say, well, you know, if you only serve God, you know, if he doesn't answer your prayers, you know, uh, and, and you remember all that that they say? And I thought to myself, no, wait a minute. If God had a hand, and that's what's being insinuated, if God had a hand in my child's death, then I'm going to have a hard time with this. But I'm so glad I didn't even know how to do it. I had not been taught how to do it. Somehow I looked in here. And I heard in my spirit, there's an answer. You just have to find it. And I remember going to my wife and saying, I don't know why this happened. I don't understand it. Right? There's no sin in our life. We're not, right? All the things that I could think that may have caused it. And I said, but I'm going to find out. And I went to the word of God and the Holy Spirit directed me to John 10, 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy that was the answer. Turning inward. Amen. See, the details became clear. If I'm confused, it's because I'm not tapping in to the fullness of the Spirit. Life should not confuse us. We should be a step ahead of the circumstances. When you're dealing with natural people, you always have more information than they have. Always. I've got to access it. As a spirit-filled believer, I never want to find myself on the same plane as people that don't have access to what I have access to. You remember Brother Hagin told the story about his uh, grandfather had died that he had lived with when he was on, uh, sick. And, uh, 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 of course, his mother's father. And, oh, there was a big fight going on about the money. They, they, they were so concerned that Brother Hagin's mother was going to get everything. And, and all the family's up in arms. And Brother Hagin was in a meeting and he couldn't go. So he sent his brother and, and they liked to whip him. And, and, and you know, uh, nothing got done. Brother Hagin said, well, I'll go. And he said, well, they'll whip you. And he said, no, they won't whip me. And he said, I went and... And, and I went there, and he said, of course, the, the wife of the man came running right over. Now, we want to make, you know, lying. We want to make sure your mama gets her part and all these things. And Brother Hagin said, I just smiled at her and said, oh, that's all right, but I've got inside information. And she said, oh, you do? He said, yes, I do. I've got inside information. Amen. Next thing you know, she's on her knees saying, oh, my God, Ken, pray for me. <laughs> and then her husband came. He got off work and he came. Now, you know, we're just, we want to make sure your mother gets everything she, and just lying. And he said, well, that's all right. I got inside information. 
saddled right up to him and said, I got inside information. And the man said, you do? He said, yes, I do. He said, oh. And became his buddy. You know, yeah, we're going to work to make sure your mama gets her part. And you know what they did? And she got everything that was coming to her. But he did have inside information on the inside of him. You have inside information on the inside of you. And you can draw it out anytime you want. Amen. Through psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. These psalms are a spiritual flow. Look at 1 Corinthians 14. Oh, glory. So there has to be an adjustment. Because what happens very often with people is, is people say, well, I'm not a singer. Well, you don't have to be a singer to speak a psalm. And who cares if you're not a singer when you're alone speaking in the Spirit? Doesn't matter. But, but, but the point is, is making that adjustment, that that's what you're going to do. Amen. 1 Corinthians 14 and 26. How is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you has a psalm, a doctrine, a tongue, a revelation, an interpretation? Let all things be done unto edifying. So he says, when you come together, all of you've got these things, but you need to do everything to edifying, to building up the church. And notice the first thing, one of the first things that he mentions. Every one of you has a psalm. This verse lets us know that psalms and spiritual songs should be a natural part of church life. A natural part of church life. Hallelujah. This is important. Why? Because this is part of those spiritual utterances. That edifies the church and edifies me personally. You remember the scripture in the book of Acts chapter 13. We won't go there. But it says that there were uh, in the church at Antioch. And it starts with Barnabas names five and ends with Saul. And it said, as they ministered to the Lord, the Holy Spirit said. As a believer, I'm not so much to come to church to get something as I am to come to church to give something. To minister to the Lord. I will receive as I'm ministering to God. But when you make up your mind that you're coming to church to minister to God and to access these things of the Spirit, then the Holy Spirit can start saying some things. Hallelujah. And he says when the church comes together, this is part of what should be. It requires being spiritual. People say, well, I don't want things to get out of order. They won't. I'm here. They won't. Well, you know, what if I miss it? Well, then you missed it in the local church where where you're safe. I mean... Amen. This is where you can access the things of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Now, Colossians chapter uh, 3 and uh, verse 16. Colossians 3 and... uh, Verse 16, am I helping you tonight? See, now these things require being spiritual. They require being spiritual. I I haven't spent a lot of time on that because that's not my focus. But there's always the, 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 the carnality aspect and the spiritual aspect. You can be saved and be carnal. Or be saved and be spiritual. Well, you can go to heaven being carnal. But you'll live a powerless life. But if you're spiritual while you're on the earth, you'll live in power. Amen. Carnality is just a deluding. That's that's what we see, and and I'm not picking on churches, but but that's what we see. A lot of what goes on, I talked about it some in vision, uh, the teaching on vision this morning. What you see in a lot of churches is just carnality. It's just people being carnal. 
When you get people over here accessing the things of the Spirit and functioning out of their spirit and being spiritual, the goal of the Christian, Christian life is spirituality. It's maturity. The goal of the Christian life is not to get to heaven. It's to be mature. It's to be spiritual. That's the goal of the Christian life. Everything you need from God is found the more spiritual you become. The more spiritual you become, the more prosperous you become. The more spiritual you become, the more, the more healed you become. The more spiritual you become, the easier things become in your life. Why? You're in the flow. You're in the flow of the Spirit. Seven things that Jesus said the Holy Spirit would do for us, and they all are applicable in our life. There's a flow of the Holy Spirit for your marriage, for your life, for your ministry, for your finances, for every area of your life. And it's accessed very often through these psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Amen. When Pastor Michelle and I were coming out of debt, we, we, well, we got a Holy Spirit song. I'm out of debt. My needs are met. Got plenty more to put in store. Amen. Any, anytime the challenge would show up, that's what we would sing. Amen. And the Holy Spirit will give you those songs or give you those odes. Amen. When the, the enemy is fighting my mind one time, boy, I started singing, I'm hooking up to the inner man. I'm hooking up and I get the plan. Singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. It helps move the plan along. I made my choice. I've heard your voice singing in the Holy Ghost. You say you sing that all the time. Sang, sang it all night long. Got up in the morning singing it. Why? Well, it wasn't just a neat tune. It, it was something I was saying out of the Spirit. I'm hooking up to the inner man, and I'm getting the plan, and it's moving this thing along. Hallelujah. It can be something simple, whatever it may be, but you look inside and just start saying it. Hallelujah. If you know the Word, it makes it even easier. Oh, glory to God. Colossians 3 and 16. Notice, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Hallelujah. The Woosh Bible says, The word of Christ, let it be continually at home in you in abundance. With every wisdom, teaching and admonishing each other by means of psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. With the grace singing in your hearts to God. So it can be an ode, a poem, a psalm, a hymn, a spiritual song. And notice what he says. Notice what it, he says it does. It teaches and admonishes. Now I know people say, well, I'd be uncomfortable doing that. They're not familiar with the things of the Spirit. There's a realm called in the Spirit. And when you, when you start getting over there in that realm of in the spirit, these things are not foreign to you. And they're not foreign to spiritual people. It's important. Because notice what follows the word being at home in you in abundance. Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Amen. If you need clarity, spend time in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Spend time singing to yourself. Well, I need to know what to do. Then sing that out of your spirit. Thank you, Father. Jesus has made unto me wisdom. I have the spirit of wisdom and understanding. I have the spirit of might and power on the inside of me. I know what to do. I have the answer. Amen. And that's what you're consistently saying. You're not confessing. You're saying something out of your spirit. Amen. You're saying that out of your spirit. Remember what I said earlier? If you keep saying in the natural, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Your spirit reaches out and grabs that. And now you double or triple don't know what to do. Because you've dumbed down your spirit. And your spirit eventually goes, well, why should I try to tell them what to do? They don't know what to do. But when you're saying, I know what to do. I've heard your voice. I've made my choice. I know what to do. Then your spirit has an avenue to start reaching out and getting you answers. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord said to me some time ago, he said there were things I never needed to say again. 
He said, number one, don't ever say, I don't know. I don't understand or I can't. He said, never say that again. People say, well, how do you answer somebody when they say, uh, 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 what do you think about this? And you don't know. How do you answer it? I say, I'll find out. Amen. 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 Now, that sounds foreign to some people. Well, you just got to tell the truth. You don't know. You don't know. I have access to the world's storehouse of wisdom. I can find out. Amen. So what do you say when somebody says, asks you a question that you don't have a natural answer for? What do you say? I'll find out. Don't ever put yourself at the mercy of what the world's at the mercy of. When someone says, well, I can't, and I can't, and I can't, and I can't, then they can't. But the Bible says, and it's, it's very cliche, but the Bible says we can do all things through Christ. So I should never find myself in a position of saying there's something I can't do. Or I don't know, or I don't understand. Hallelujah. I can sing the answer out. Oh, glory. If you need clarity, spend time in that. When the pressure's on, speak in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Let it flow out of you. When the pressure's on, let it flow out of you. Amen. I know what to do. I have the mind of Christ. You're speaking to yourself. Brother Hagin said, speaking in psalms by the Spirit edifies like nothing else can do. That's powerful to me. Speaking in psalms edifies like nothing else can do. In Acts 16. Acts 16. And verse 25, this is again a, a very familiar scripture, but notice something. It says, verse 25, at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. The Woos Bible says they were praying, but they were also singing praises to God. Mingling petition with songs of praise. Spiritual songs. Spiritual songs. Do you think they were going through something? Was the pressure on? Did they pray? Yes. What else did they do? Sang songs. Right? This, this is important. Because they understood where their answer was. When the pressure is on, the answer is not in your head. It's in your spirit. But I'll talk to people and I'll go, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I just, what am I going to do? The answer's it's not there. The answer's not here. It's in your spirit. I've told you the story about the, the man of God I heard ministering. And he said the Lord, he, was, he was believing God for some things. And, he, and he, kept, he kept going to the Lord and saying, well, I just don't, I just don't know, Lord. I just don't know. I just I don't know. I can't. You gotta. And the Lord showed him a vision. Showed him a guy standing in front of a filing cabinet. And he was going through the, the files from A to Z, all the way through. And, and what he was wanted wasn't in there. Finally, the guy took the stuff out and put it on the floor, sat down, went through every file, and it wasn't there. And the Lord asked him, he said, son, if you saw somebody doing that, what would you come to the conclusion of? He said, well, Lord, that, that what he's looking for isn't in there. He said, that's exactly right. He said, what you're looking for is not in your head. It's in the spirit. It's in the spirit. Amen. Because, because what God will very often show you and want you to do, your mindset is that's just too much. That's too far out there. And you go here. Hmm. Hallelujah. Are you following me? I'm reminded of the time that uh, uh, the Lord was dealing with Pastor Caldwell where prosperity is concerned. And uh, he was dealing with him about a car. And he said, I was going to go get a car. And he said, uh, I was, and, and he named a certain brand of the car. And he said, I was going to get the car. And he said, here's what I reasoned, that I would save God some money. 
And the Lord spoke to him and said, I don't need you to save me any money. I need you to change your thinking. Now, we can, we can talk about physical things with this, but there are things that God wants to move you into this year. And if I don't lose the limits and quit going here first, No, Lord, I'll say that. I hear people all the time talking about a fixed income. Who fixed your income? Show me the scripture where your income is fixed, where it's stationary. It cannot increase. Where's that scripture? It's not there. I do see a lot of scriptures on increase and abundance and more than enough. Can God increase a Social Security check? Can he? then why would I ever say I'm on a fixed income? That's not coming out of my spirit, it's coming out of my head. And then what does that person do? Then they begin to fashion everything in their life based on their fixed income and everything's fixed. Right? That's important. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am authorized to draw up the clarity and the answer from my spirit. I'm authorized to do that. If it's there, I'm authorized to draw it up and to draw that answer from my spirit. You release a flow of peace through psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. There's a peace that begins to flow over you. Amen. I was, I was talking with uh, uh, some ministers one time. And we were talking, they, they pretty much were talking about the situation in the world. And uh, I made the decision a long time ago. I'm not going to get into unrest. Listen, if you get over into unrest and anxiousness, you already missed it. If you lose your joy, you already missed it. It's important. Why? Because that's the key. Joy is strength. Peace is victory. Hallelujah. There's no political situation or situation in the world that should be able to take your joy or make you anxious. I have access to the clarity, to the answer. In my spirit. And you release that flow of peace through psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Notice in Psalm 32, Psalm chapter 32, verse 7. Am I helping you tonight? It's so important. Because, because here's the thing. What you allow your flesh to do consistently, it gets conditioned to keep doing. The, the Lord told me many months ago, He said, don't listen to what, don't be deceived and don't listen to what would deceive. Amen. That's important. Because you, you don't want that fouling up your spirit. Hallelujah. Now, I'm, I'm old enough to remember, you know, when, when cars had points and plugs. I'm sure they still do in some derivative now. But if, if we were on the, on the ranch and something wasn't running right, a motor, an engine, something, very often I'd hear this phrase, well, maybe, the, the, maybe the, 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 the plugs are fouled. Right? And they'd stop and pull the plugs on... On, on that engine or that vehicle and, and, and work on the gap or clean them up or whatever. Amen. When, 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 when a person allows themselves to start bringing that into their spirit, they foul up their spirit. And it's not, it's not hitting on all cylinders. When you allow deception in. Amen. That's, that's, that's like putting diesel fuel in a gas engine. They're both fuel sources, but one of them doesn't belong there. 
Deception is not for your spirit. And, I, and I'll tell you something I'm really tired of. I'm really tired of hearing people say, well, I just need to be informed. If the information you're informing yourself with is causing you a problem, you better quit listening. Because it's fouling up your spirit. Amen. And, and I don't just mean about what's going on in the world. Any, anything. If there's something that you're believing God for, if you're believing God for your children to be saved, or you're believing God for them to walk in truth, why would you listen to anything that says they're not going to? You'll foul up your spirit. Amen. You need to release psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. My children are taught of the Lord. Thank you, Father, and great is the peace of my children. My children will grow up around my, my table as olive trees. My children have the wisdom of God. My children are, are assured to be delivered by the king himself. Amen. 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 Psalm 32, verse 7. Notice this. Notice what David says. You are my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. You will compass me about with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will guide you with my eye. So notice that he says part of this victory is you're compassed about with songs of deliverance. In the rejoicing, power flows. In the rejoicing is the victory. Hallelujah. So notice he's talking about When the floods are coming, the pressure is there. He said, you're my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. You can pass me about with songs of deliverance. Hallelujah. Notice James 5. James chapter 5. Hallelujah. James chapter 5 and verse 13. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Uh, is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Now this, this, is, this is important. Why? Because don't just pray. Get into the merry of believing. Now think about this. This is something I have to do. If you're merry, sing. I mean, how silly would that be if, if I came over here to Pastor Larry and said, I'm merry, sing for me. I'm happy, sing. No, he says, if you're merry, you sing. Don't, don't just pray. Praise, sing. There, there, Dr. Lillian B. Yeomans, in, in her book, uh, Healing from Heaven, she told the story of a, of a missionary uh, to China, if I remember correctly, and this woman was struck, stricken with smallpox. This was, of course, back when there was very little they could do. And she made the statement that there was not a part of her body that wasn't covered in smallpox. The doctor said it was the worst case he'd ever seen. And she prayed. She prayed night and day. She sought God. She prayed night and day. And finally, it wasn't getting any better. And finally, one night, the Lord showed her a vision. And he showed her a vision of a scale. And the, the, the side over here that was sickness was full of sickness, but it was also full of prayers. And it was weighing it down. There was another side over here that had the name praise on it. And the Lord told her, he said, when you're praised, levels out and equals what you've been praying about, your healing will manifest. There are people that you know and I know, they have prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. They need to quit praying and start praising. They need to quit praying and go to rejoicing. Why? That levels it out. And, and boy, she did that. She began to praise God every time she thought about it. She would praise God for her healing and praise God for her victory and praise God for these things. And, and it, it took a number of days. 
But one day she woke up in the middle of the night and saw the same vision and the, and, the, and the scales had leveled out and she woke up in the morning and there was no sign that smallpox had ever been on her body. You know, that's not for a certain group. That's not for a selected person. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I, people will say, well, that, that sounds like it takes effort. Well, let me help you with this. Doing this will not take nearly as long as mental reasoning. Right? It, it, it just won't. It won't take nearly as long. You just make the decision. When your feet hit the floor in the morning, you're going to start speaking out of your spirit psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. It's up to me. It's my choice. Amen. If it isn't anything other than this is the day the Lord's made, I'll rejoice and be glad in it. Then God will add to that. But you're, 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 you're accessing clarity. You have more clarity in that moment than most believers will walk in in their life. So many believers walk with no clarity. Their next step is not sure. Hallelujah. Psalms are listed as one of our avenues of help. We should take advantage of it because it's listed as one of our avenues of help. Let me share a couple more scriptures with you. Psalm 95. Psalm 95, verse 1. Hallelujah. Psalm 95 and verse 1. Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto Him with psalms. Notice the psalmist is, is saying, and he's saying, He's the rock of our salvation. Let's do this. Let's come into His presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise to Him with psalms. So when I come into the presence of God, it's with thankfulness. Hallelujah. In... Uh, Psalm 105, Psalm 105, this is something that the Lord helped me see. Verse 1, O give thanks unto the Lord, call upon His name, make known His deeds among the people, sing unto Him, sing psalms unto Him. Talk of all his wondrous works. This is the rehearsing. Talking about what God's done. Here's why you want to rehearse these things. What you rehearse, God repeats. What you rehearse, God repeats. Hallelujah. That was the purpose, when I, especially when I was a boy, that was the purpose of the testimony service, for people to stand up and testify about what God had done. Testimony service turned into a crying session of everybody telling their problems. But it was a time of people telling what God had done, where God had brought them from, what God had healed them from, brought them out of, delivered them from. Amen. What did those old-fashioned, Holy Spirit-filled testimony services do for us? Gave us hope that whatever we were going through, if God did it for them, God will do it for us. And you rehearse that. Think about that. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're believing God for, rehearse the last thing that God brought you out of. And talk about what God did for you. And how God, pull it up out of your spirit. Lord, I remember. I remember when I didn't have money to pay my bills. I remember when nothing was going right. Lord, I remember. And you brought me out. Hallelujah. And you rehearse that. You rehearse that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I, I remember those days. Lord, I remember those days when I was depressed. I remember those days when I was anxious. I remember those days when nothing was going right. And Lord, you showed up with your peace and your joy and your glory. And you delivered me and brought me out. Lord, I'm rehearsing that. 
And what I rehearse, you're going to repeat. If God's ever done anything for you in the past, you can be assured God's going to do something for you again. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. If God gave you a house, He can give you another house. If God blessed you financially once, He can bless you financially again. And it will be over and abundant and more than it was the first time because God's not a God that just does what He did. He does more than He did and He'll do more than He's doing right now. I just got to rehearse that in my spirit. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Well, Pastor, you know, how do you know God's, God can bring us out of debt? I, I, big, number one, He did it for me. Yes. Number two, the Word says He will. When you pull up to your house tonight, don't think about what you have to pay. Start calling that house paid for. Start calling that thing paid off in the name of Jesus. It's not just a confession. You're looking at that house and you're saying God is big enough to pay that thing off. God's big enough to bring me out of debt. God's big enough to heal my body. God's big enough to save my family. I'm rehearsing that. You're my rock. You're my strong tower. You are my God. Amen. And what starts happening? Something starts happening in your spirit. And you start rehearsing that. Amen. And then you add in your address. I declare this is paid off. One, two, three, Joy Lane. Amen. Paid off in the name of Jesus. And you're not just talking. It's coming out of your spirit. Well, I just don't see how God can do it. Well, praise God, I just don't see how God could save you. I don't see how God could deliver you. I don't know how God took a black heart, washed it in red blood, and made it white as snow, but I know that He did it. Hallelujah. All I need to know is he did. And if he did, he has set the precedent that he can. And if he can, he will. If God did it, you have proof that he can. And if God can, according to the scripture, there's nothing God can do that he won't do if you'll believe him. Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs are evidence, I believe you. I believe what you said. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So I would say that your life is about to change. (laughs) Because what you rehearse, God repeats. He said he would turn your mourning into dancing. He said he turns graves into gardens. It said he turns bones into armies. That's what God does. And, and, and that's what you've got to rehearse. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't spend so much time talking to the devil. Talk to yourself. Speak to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Every, every time you're able to do something you weren't able to do before, tell God you remember that. Lord, I remember when I couldn't do that. And God, look what you've done. Lord, I thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why, that's why over and over again, I'll say this and, and try to start winding this down. That's why over and over again, especially in the Old Testament, you see phrases like this, is anything too hard for the Lord? Isn't that powerful? That's so powerful to me. I was reading through Deuteronomy the other day, and how many times Moses asked the children of Israel that, is anything too hard for God? And then Isaiah said, is the arm of the Lord shortened? Right? Nothing worse than a God with short arms. Right? Nothing worse. And and he said, is the arm of the Lord shortened? In other words, has the strength of God weakened? Has the strength of God slowed? Is God getting weak in his old age? No. It says for the believer, he'll bear his arm. He'll show you how strong he is. Hallelujah. 
So you need to walk around singing that. Lord, you're showing me how strong you are. Lord, you're showing me how much strength you have. Lord, you're showing me that the God of Israel doesn't sleep or slumber. You're showing me, Lord, that you're my rock and my strong tower and my hiding place. That no matter what I'm facing, you'll cause the flood to break over me. You'll stop the pestilence. You'll stop the plague. You are my God. Hallelujah. Glory. Thank you, Lord. Nothing can stop it. Nothing can make the word of God of no effect in your life. Nothing can stop the power of God from functioning and flowing in your life. Your body's changing. Your life's changing. Your mind's changing. Glory! Hallelujah! Because that's what he said. That's what he said. That's what he promised. Hallelujah! 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said over and over again, don't fear them. Don't fear them. Don't listen to what they're saying. I'll fight for you. I'll take your side. I'll be on your side. I'm the God that brought you out. I'm the God that saved you. I'm the God that delivered you. It's all going to go your way. And you rehearse that. You rehearse that. You keep drawing that up out of your spirit. Hallelujah. 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 Well, I'm facing an impossible situation. Then you need to just say, I've been here before. I've faced impossible situations before. And I found out that the word of the Lord was true. That if I would believe, all things were possible to me because I'm a believer. Say out loud, impossible is nothing. Because I've been there. I've been there. I've been there. Hallelujah. I've had people shake their head and say, no hope. Oh, I got hope. I serve the God of hope. I've had people shake their head and say, there's no way. But the Bible says God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He'll make rivers in the desert. He'll cause the crooked places to be straight. He'll bring the high places down. The God you serve will correct everything to your benefit. Hallelujah. I just got to believe you will. Ha, ha, ha. You see that? Amen. I got to rehearse that. I just, I have to rehearse that. If he did it, he'll do it again. And he did, so he will. And that settles the issue. I say that settles the issue. Hallelujah. Just let that come up out of your spirit. And, 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 I, and I'll try to close with this. And be very cautious. Be selective about last thoughts. Especially when you go to bed. Don't go to bed just thinking on anything. I know people say, well, you know, I was watching the news and then I went to bed. What? Are you silly? Why would you ever watch the news and then go to bed? Amen. Go to bed thinking about how good God is. I try to go to bed every night saying this, tonight I'm going to sleep wonderfully well. I'm going to dream powerful, positive dreams. And I'll awaken in the morning refreshed, ready to do what God wants me to do. This is my thought. Every day of my life is good and better. I have good days and better days. So do you. Rehearse that. Yeah, but Pastor, what I'm facing. Yeah, but you're not facing it alone. You're not facing it alone. David said in Psalm 23, there may be days where you feel like, and you are walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But it says, I will not fear because you're with me. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord. 
So good. So good. So good. Isn't God good? <laughs> no, he didn't. No, he didn't. Hallelujah. And just like the man said, he isn't going to leave you there either. God never leaves things as he found them. He's the God of life. He's the God of new birth. It's about to happen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, say it out loud. Say, Father, I praise you. I thank you. I rejoice in your goodness in my life. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Well, I believe we received tonight. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I believe God. 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 Ah, hallelujah. Oh, glory. So, Father, we're thankful tonight. So thankful for your word. So thankful for your spirit. May we access these things daily and consistently. And, Father, I just pray over your people. I pray over, Lord, those dealing with situations, circumstances. Father, I pray for your peace to surround them. I pray for your love to hold them. Lord, I I thank you. I rejoice with those that are experiencing that victory. And we declare that our God is God. And beside him, there's no other. And we thank you for it in the name of Jesus.